0: Welcome to KusaCast, where we interview some of the most influential people in tourism from around the world. My name is Graham Watson, and I'm the founder of Kusa Global. The word Kusa means a new dawn, and in 2023, we want to find out just how our guests are working towards that new dawn. Join us. And subscribe to future episodes as we hope to inspire you with stories of strength and resilience in the tourism industry. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to yet another edition of KoozaCast. Today, I'm very privileged to be speaking with Mr. Grant Folds, who is a director of of Project Rhino. Uh, Very important work he's doing for the conservation industry in in Southern Africa. Grant, uh, welcome.
1: Yeah, thank you Graham. Good uh, privilege to be on the show, you know, after knowing you for a few years in tourism.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks thanks for coming on. I'm so glad we were able to do it. I know you've got a a busy schedule. So, uh yeah, let's let's crack on and and get get right into it. So, the way we generally run the show is that uh the guests kind of introduce themselves and run through uh how they got into tourism and and uh yeah, what they've been up to for the past few years
1: yeah i mean um, i suppose everybody's got a very interesting story and uh mine may not be as as interesting but uh oh we got into tourism through uh, amakala game reserve and the success of, of Shamwari um, adrian gardner paul gardner next door they did wonderful things you know my brother-in-law joe clutti um mm-hmm. in the pioneer days you know um and we thought we could do the same so we piggybacked on that and then eventually uh the Rashmias also were a little bit before us, Gra- yeah Mark yeah, and, and yeah. Graham Rashmir, um and then Pumba started uh all the things around Ad Gorilla Elephant Camp. And I've been founded with a few other settlers. The Amakala Bre I got into tourism and, and actually bought the first Rhino way back years ago um from Pindagam Reserve. Uh, brought elephants in from Pinda as well, and then brought our lions in, and and so we created the big five from just uh, a marginal farmland. Yeah, I suppose um, you know having gone to a few travel shows, and uh, I remember meeting uh, Fembury Tours Vernon Waite, and he, you know he said, "Well, what have you got to offer?" You know because uh, the ICC is full of people in in the Lofelt and, and Madique and, and Pilansberg and the Waterberg and, yeah. and the Cape was relatively unknown. So yeah, we had to fast track, um, the fact that we only had a few uh, planes games into a destination and therefore started marketing the garden route, you know, to try and create, uh, to bring people into and what it was new, a new destination, you know, mm. completely, uh, two decades ago or three decades ago.
0: Yeah. So, and then how did that? How did that? Uh, are you still very, very much actively involved in in Amakala still?
1: I'm um, I'm actively involved in the marketing. Um, obviously uh, it's a it's a family farm, uh, and uh, we're very closely knit uh, with with all the set what we call settlers, fifth yeah. generation uh, owners, and then we've got the Baileys in who are landowners, so uh, and Brent and Sean Kel Cook so we we're very much a close knit family orientated thing uh, my parents live there my brothers the vet on the property so yeah. it's hard to to say goodbye even though my distractions and conservation career uh, pulled me all over africa you know
0: yeah uh, but but yeah i mean you you're doing you're doing great work and i think you're uh, spreading the word I've, I've been lucky enough to travel a lot around the eastern cape like a lot of the places that you've mentioned i've i've stayed at uh i've, I've stayed at amakala my daughter had her um i think one of her first game experiences yeah we stayed at schlossy a few years ago and yeah. um i won i remember winning a fantastic trip around the eastern cape um with lion roars many well i don't know maybe 10 10 years ago now maybe a bit less and uh yeah amakala was one of them and uh yeah, and we had a we had a great time. Um, of it's it's it seems like a nice uh, community of of property owners in that area.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, Port Elizabeth is known as the friendly city. I know the wind blows like hell, but you know, yeah. um, we all have to stand together. And when things get bad, you know, uh, like they were when we first started, um, we all had to stand together and market the destination, which. Yeah, I think it did as as the Garden Route an extension to people coming to Cape Town, um, and also marketing Addo and helping Addo onto to really becoming one of the better you know places to visit, um, mm. close to to Cape Town and and on the Garden Route, you know.
0: Yeah. So tell us a bit uh, more about Project Rhino and the work you're doing and and how any listeners can perhaps maybe even get involved.
1: Yeah. Um, Project Rhino was born out of the, you know, the problem that had started right way back in 2007, where um, we only had a, a handful of Rhino's poached to, you know, probably seven and then 14. Um, there became a, a massive need for um, a collaboration of landowners, mainly in KwaZulu-Natal at the time. Um, so project Rhino looks after about 400,000 hectares of Rhino range expansion, um, all with probably between three and a half and 4,000 rhinos under its sort of supervision. So we collaborate, um, we fundraise and we, uh, supervise meetings, um, on every level from eye in the sky, which is an aircraft to putting dogs in for reaction to judiciary and in 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 the the legal system uh, compliance training ranges raising money so at the moment not many of the parks are funding project rhino it's all funded by um, me myself and, and and a few little members and some really good corporates and and non-profits throughout the world that support us
0: well i mean great i mean let's let's presumably it's it's quite easy to go on the website and donate, uh, if anyone else in the world is listening. We've got listeners in uh, over 30 countries now, or close to 30 countries, so let's hope yeah. someone is listening. So how how can someone find out a bit more and and, and be a part of it and contribute?
1: Yeah, Graham, um, and, you know, we, we sort of spread our awareness throughout Africa, uh, although we, our member reserves uh, are mainly in KwaZulu-Natal, which of course was the birthplace of the white rhino of the, mm. uh, um, we had did operation rhino by moving animals around. Um, and, uh, you know, we kind of back to the same place where we were in 19, in the 1960s, we having to reinvent ourselves and, um, you know, items like cutting their horns off, dehorning them, trimming them mm. um, technology cameras, surveillance um, dogs and, and all sorts of things. And these are requiring a lot of funds mm. to keep all these, um, uh, activations in place. And there's no single one that is actually can, can be taken out of the system to, there's no shortcut, put it that way. Yeah. And, uh, and we, you know, we need money for, um, I go around the world. I've just been in the U S for 20 days and in Canada, um, doing exactly what what we're doing now, basically telling the people what we do, and telling them how good we are if we've got money, and how bad we are if we don't have money.
0: Yeah, um, of course, yeah. And,
1: and literally, um, people were very generous. Uh, the appetite at the moment in in the province of KwaZulu Natal and and beyond its borders is not that good. Uh, um images are very bad uh, in in the international press. Um, we have a, a problem with uh, obviously. Um, the government in certain areas and our pr- pr- private parks are winning the war and, and the other parks are kind of losing or, or losing or, or stagnating now, So we are having to, to really shift the, the focus on to things that are working. And, and, and that requires a, a whole new ball game, you know, um, mm. so, you know, we, we, we not, we're not losing the war, but we actually, um, we could do with, you know, a lot more innovative work to try and save the species.
0: And Grant, what what work is being done in the actual markets that that are the end buyers of the rhino horn?
1: Yeah, that's a very good question. And we call that demand reduction. So yeah, um, we've you know, with certain uh, partners in 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 Vietnam and and Southeast Asia. Uh, like Freeland foundation wilderness and have done a lot of work there. My brother has been to Vietnam several times. I've been there myself. I've even gone underground, and, and seen the system work and I've been involved in the education there. We've brought students over from Vietnam and we've taken African and Asian students and vice versa in, in exchange things. So we feel that we've driven the price down substantially, mm-hmm. um, in, in the actual price of the rhino horn, the illegal trading of the rhino horn, um, we never like to divulge the price because um, I always say jokingly to my audience, and this is what I did in America, that if I tell you how much it's worth, um, a lot of you are going to change the, you know, your industry from yeah, real estate or business into a, a dark underworld of animal trafficking. Yeah. Uh, good rhino horn. So, But it has dropped by, I would say, two thirds now, the, okay. the supposed market. And I don't believe that people are using rhino horn as much as they used to. I, I just believe that it's become a commodity in the illegal um, trade of, of money, sex, drugs, uh, contraband, mm. um, weapons. It's just taken on another form of illegal means, and unfortunately, it, the animals are
0: being caught in the crossfire yeah quite quite literally um so would would you say cuz i remember it got really well it started to get really bad when i was in working in los angeles that might have been actually where we first met um yeah. and we that's was when everybody started talking about it so that was like 2010 2011 where where there were you know, I think, you know, hundreds uh, being poached a year. And I mean, so what would you say in the past 13 years, 15 years, whatever, that this actually has been an issue? I know you said that some parts are winning, some parts are losing. But in, in general, uh, are, are the efforts paying off, do you think?
1: Yeah, we, we've lost just under 10,000 rhinos in South Africa in the last, the time that you've just mentioned, 15, a decade and a half.
0: Gee, uh, unbelievable.
1: And uh, yeah, we, you know, we're looking at, um, we, we look at uh, a ratio of animals born versus animals lost. And at the moment we are at a tipping point, but, um, you know, we by no means losing, uh, you know, completely losing it. Like some people think that it is very bad, which it is. Mm. And unfortunately, you know, the, the governance and the... The frozen posts and corruption especially in kruger and i would you know would like to mention other parts of the government installations uh, mm. one never knows you know who is involved and the money is so good and if the people are disgruntled over their their job condition or if people have got empty stomachs they don't have ears you know yes so, yeah. uh you know uh, we yeah we We kind of have to start with the grassroots level and that is to, um, create employment and then hopefully through education, the system will start taking shape, but you know, this is a 10 year, 10 year game and we've already been in it for 10 years, but it it is, it's taken on all sorts of other forms. Um, as you know, they've started dehorning in certain areas. So they've hit KwaZulu-Natal, which have still got horns on Mm -hmm. in some of the So you know, so so, some things like technology, camera systems, LPR, uh, license plate recognition, Mm -hmm. intelligence from the law enforcement in at national level, and collaboration is certainly helping the areas that are working versus the areas that are not working. You know.
0: Mm. And uh, you know what? What would you what would you say to someone that actually hands over money to buy? The, the end user? Well, I mean, apart from various four-letter expletives, what, what would you say to educate them as to the utter uh, futility of, of, of what what they're doing? And, you know, wh- I mean, if you had to actually sit in a room with a bunch of people that have bought rhino horn for some stupid belief of theirs that it's going to cure uh, yeah. or aph- aphrodisiac or something like that, I mean, what what, what would you, if, if you had the chance to have an attentive audience, I'm, what would you say to them?
1: Well, first of all, you know when you're in Vietnam, and I had the pleasure of going there, uh, a lot of the Vietnamese didn't believe that animals suffered, so they all believed that, like a deer's antler falls off, and you pick it up and you, you know, you put it on your mantelpiece. Jesus, that's terrible. They put it on the harvested thing that was just you know picked up and and used as a byproduct. So w- we we normally show them the cruelty that is involved in in how they're harvesting these animals, you know. Yeah, and you know they're gonna and they're gonna destroy a, a living dinosaur that's been on the planet for fifty-eight mil, million years, mm. um, and then you end up by saying this is uh, clinically and proven medicinally that rhino horn is no cure for any cancer, it has no medicinal or aphrodisiac me- measures, um, and when it was a gifting commodity like it was in the seventies and eighties in Yemen and. On daggers and and place and 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 the traditions of the Southeast Asians or be it anybody that believed that it was a symbol of strength, there was enough rhinos to cater for that. But with the increase in population in the world and and the demand for uh, for that sort of thing, um, then animals in in Africa, you know, the Western blacks started going. Uh, it, well, it did go extinct in 2011 and, and the, the Northern whites had all virtually gone extinct, except two, the Eastern black are in recovery in places like Kenya, but there's nothing in, in Sudan and there's very little in the DRC. And the only starting to be put back now through African parks, you know? Mm. Um, so as, as, uh, colonialism, uh, rule just took over colonialism and everything collapsed, the, the rhinos and, and, and then ivory have just um, created this vacuum of, um, uh, of slaughter right throughout Africa, you know, right down to the places that are really caring for them in private sectors like Namibia, Zimbabwe, South Africa, a little bit of Botswana and Swaziland, you know, but virtually Mozambique, Zambia, um, Angola, wiped out.
0: Mm, gosh, that's, uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's you know what I mean. This the sad thing is, is that it's all it's all flippin' ignorance. I mean, that's 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 you know, it's just utter st- uh, uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say you would understand if the belief was true, but uh, you know, it's not. <laughs> As you said, it's yeah. just complete. It's a, you know, all these poor animals. These ten thousand have been slaughtered for absolutely no reason whatsoever. You know, it hasn't yep. cured one one thing.
1: Yeah, when I was in Vietnam, there was a lovely PSA, if I can do a bit of storytelling. PSA, yeah, please.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, public service an- announcement. So it's a TV ad or a billboard or a whatever you like to, to call it. And um, one of our partners in the US and in Vietnam had budget. So they got this um, amazing uh, comedian, a Vietnamese comedian, you know. Could have been the equivalent of Leon Schuster or Trevor Noah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you know. So you know, I hired him to do this PSA, and of course the the tagline was, you know, a black BMW or Jaguar or Porsche, I can't remember the car. And the smoothest dude came out, you know, with pearl creamed hair and a suit with chains everywhere. <laughs> and, you know, he he opens this door or the Chauffeur opens the door and he gets out and he combs his hair back uh, and these two beautiful girls walk down the stairs. I mean, they were really stunning, you know, um, obviously Vietnamese, but they handled mm. the, the most beautiful in high heels, shoes and black dresses. And they came down and the whole thing was obviously anti-rhino horn. So he pulls out this rhino horn out of his jacket, a little one, and he puts it on his nose as if he's really going to blow these two girls away. Yeah. The chauffeur standing back with the door. The two girls come in to get into the limo in the back seat with with him, and he puts this horn on the nose to say, "Well, come with me, babes. You know, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you everything—wealth, the yeah. car, and, you know—and I've got a runner. And the one just takes a handbag, and the other one slaps him over the head, <laughs> and and he knocks himself against the car, and it's this all hell breaks loose, and they walk off. And you know what the sequel was to that story is that. And nobody ever went to his next show, they boycotted his show. So imagine, you know, Trevor hmm. Noah or, or, or uh, Leon Schuster going to an audience, or Tolo to van and nobody's laughing or nobody goes to the show.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You know, some idea that public service announcements or the image can change so quickly um, by doing the right propaganda.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Look. Uh, well, I mean, you know, thanks so much for all all the all the work you're doing, and uh, you know, it's it's a fantastic thing, and you know, let's let's hope. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of listeners that that can uh, go on and and see how they can can be a part of it, and let's, you know, let's let's hope it just stops one day. How how did the pandemic affect um, poaching? Was it? I mean, with limited movement of people, one would imagine there was very yeah. little.
1: It actually did fairly well. And we thought this is going to nail it, or nip it in the background. Yeah. But it never worked that way. If you look at the the actual, um, graph coming down from the peak of 1,200, and I'm just talking about Southern Africa now, I'm not talking about the rest of Africa and Namibia have had the same sort of trend, um, Zimbabwe are doing pretty well, um, Kenya are doing pretty well. Um Uganda very small round of populations yeah, yeah, yeah as well so uh, the graph came down but it's now risen up again unfortunately and it's we've lost you know we we back to square one on on that whole thing but you know just one thing I can say about tourism and this is the business that you in and and I'm partially in uh, is that you know we need tourism to survive because bums in beds tourism the dollar the job creation, range expansion. So more, more parks from marginal land, more people coming in to lodges of any description, mm-hmm. uh, be it before five star, more experiences with rhinos that are not, um, petting places, you mm-hmm. know, that, that give the people a sense of, wow, we are so privileged to be living with this animal that is a living dinosaur. Yeah, You know, those are the things that really can make a difference. If we don't have tourism, we are not hiding to nothing. You know? Yeah. So, you know, and, and there's a lot of NGOs. It's not only us at Project Rhino that are doing wonderful things. You know, we, we just, one of the many that make up, um, a, a lot of diverse, um, landscapes that are saving rhinos from anti-poaching units to nonprofits to people that are, are spreading the good news and doing something in a school or a college or you know in a boardroom about the species
0: mm. and uh just getting back to to amakala how how w- sort of what measures were put in place during covid that you that you think are still going to carry on through uh for the foreseeable future um you know in terms of you know sanitization and all that are, were were there just emergency measures put in place or do you think that there's some things that'll stick around
1: yeah um i don't know if you're referring to actually the animal side of it or the tourism side of the, or the
0: no the other. so the prop the property side so in terms of yeah. health you know health and safety and you know hand sanitizers and whatever was put in place um to you know when all these emergency measures were came in place and, and what what this, you know in anything in the kitchens or whatever and i've spoken with a few people that said that they've um that they've learned a few things that are actually quite good to carry of carry forward
1: yeah well obviously health and safety general health and safety you know um, after the rapid testing which we all went through i don't know how many times where our noses and throats oh, were
0: almost- no oh,
1: yeah. And, you know, um, obviously, the sanitization and, and the hair nets and the health and, and and washing your hands regularly and all that sort of thing were, were vital, you know. Mm. Uh, I do see some of the hotels have, have moved to, you know, um, more uh, secluded, you know, everything sort of done in a, a shrink wrap or mm. whatever, there's no touch or it's plastic or it's paper or whatever, so that also plays its part, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the fact that we were on short time, uh, we had some government, some cities, uh, people were retrenched. Our Game Rangers, for example, there's a bit of a vacuum in Game Rangers because a lot of people that were retrenched all went into other things. I mean, yes, yeah. like Piles, you know, they started from a discotheque to a tour operating company to building houses, you know, the the, the Game Rangers also started other things. So, mm. All of a sudden a vacuum of really good people that were bush trackers you know yeah and it was never really a highly paid job it was more of a um you know a, a real job a, a lifestyle to yeah you work in the bush
0: you know yeah or, like, or a stepping stone for for younger yeah you know, to yeah. just to yeah but that that's the sad thing you know i think not just in tourism but you know i think a lot of industries you know lost that experience um so but yeah i mean i presume that that everything is is getting back on track uh, quite nicely for for you folks uh, there
1: yeah no it is and and um i think we are around about 60 to 70% in, in in ratcheting up every sort of month we're going up a little bit
0: you mean to, to, to be... 2019 numbers or to just in general yeah so
1: 2019 you know okay to two
0: normal numbers as they say yeah so you're 70 percent. all right i mean that's not that's not too bad yeah
1: yeah and and we you know we saw a whole big shift in in south african tourism you know uh, but at lower rates
0: yeah for the local market yeah
1: the new thing you know that we discussed at our last marketing meeting and this is now throughout the eastern Cape because we had to you know to share all our numbers and we're finding it very hard to replace or, or to keep our, our rates frozen um, with the increased diesel price uh, and with the increase in our solar energy and replacing ESKIM, which is, you know, electricity yeah. to sustainable use. So that cost is driving our, our our prices up for the next two years. So the two operators are going to have to hold onto their seats or maybe, you know, we all have to. Have to be innovative and try different things to to keep our margins right. Otherwise, we're going to be out of business.
0: Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, it's it's a tough uh, a tough road. You know, I've moved into the representation side of things now as well. So I'm representing yeah. a lot of experiences and, and products uh, throughout Africa in the UK market. And um, yeah, yeah, there 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 is just um, yeah, there's 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 definite. Uh, it's definite. I mean, everyone's, as you say, getting back on track, but there's still that that tentative kind of n- nervousness about splashing out too much because, yeah. um, you know, there's a lot of a lot. I think th- there's just so much debt to pay back.
1: Yeah, there is. I mean, we all had to take some bridging stuff, and there were subsidies, but they weren't quite enough to completely, you know, get back to normal.
0: Yeah, I mean, pers- personal as well as. Uh, businesses you know there's lots of people listening who who yeah. um i mean tour guides you know i mean they they um what well, as you say rangers and and tour guides and and people like that you know the, the 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 rent and and the mortgage payments didn't stop but the salaries did and yeah. you know and there was money to be borrowed and now there's money to be paid back and you know so for me as a okay so take take me as a travel professional out and put you know as as a consumer i wouldn't mind paying more because i know that um everybody has to make their money back and you know so if prices do have to go up it's it's because you know just to get back back on track and uh, that's why i think people people should should think about it um and also you know with the south african rand i mean i've i've had so many conversations you know maybe prices go up 10 12% but the rand weakens by by you know so the the cost in the us dollar or the gbp or or the euro um doesn't actually increase to to the to the traveler at all
1: yeah No, i mean having traveled now for the last month in the us um you know, our rates in, in, on a safari destination are still very low in Southern Africa. I know somewhere in, in, in these exclusive flying places, you know, like Botswana or South Luangwa, or um, they are pretty high for the ultra luxury market, but they're still very affordable in terms of, you know, a normal average Los Angeles hotel is five grand a night, you know? Yeah,
0: five. the exact 5,000 rand a night, absolutely, as, as is London. You know, I I battle to find anything, um, you know, under two hundred pounds, one hundred and fifty pounds, which is you know three and a half, four thousand rand, you know, and that's just for a, a hotel room with a with a couple of bacon and eggs in the morning, you yeah. know, you you're not getting two game drives or you know three meals a day and and sometimes even unlimited beers and wine, you know, it's absolutely yeah. ridiculous as to what the what the value for money is and. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I honestly think that particularly when, when the, because, you know, the, the man in the street is who, who we're all targeting in terms of, of the cost. And if if the RAND, you know, goes down and it, it was a £1,000 last year and you put your prices up 15% or whatever and it's £1,050 next year, the, 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 the man in the, I don't think, is worried about that, so you know. Let's just all help each other get back on track. Is is my point?
1: Yeah, and and you know the co- the consumer probably doesn't realize the cost of running uh, a game park or an ecosystem. You know everything from water for the animals uh, to you know the, the anti poaching unit, for example, is an inexorbitant thing. To to see that animal alive in its ecosystem with your pair of binoculars, mm. it's cost a lot of money to put that practice in place be it no matter whether you're on a concession in a park in central africa or whether you're on a private reserve with a fence and all the equipment that you need to protect that thing
0: yeah you know? yeah look i mean there's there there is a lot and you know i still i still uh, you know we i i still talk in in pound terms and 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 you know I've been doing it for years. I've been saying to people, you know, this is what it costs for a four-star hotel, you know, yeah. with, with a, a double bed and a bathroom and, uh, you know, some cereal in the morning. Uh, yeah. and this is, this is what it costs the same cost for, for, uh, for a wildlife experience. And look, I, I think, I think people, yeah. I think the general traveler has become far more appreciative of what they are getting. Um, in the world, and and to also, you know, for me, it's 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 also paying tribute to the businesses that survived, and 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 what what they went through. Not, yeah. I mean, how many people can survive with two years almost with zero zero income? You know, it's not not yeah. that many. Uh,
1: it's, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, so. The bottom line is to convince people to market the countries, uh, to market Africa, you know, um, uh, we've still got a lot to offer. It's, it's the only place on earth with, with our, our mega herbivores and, and the systems that we have in place, the special places like, you know, the, the Victoria Falls, Cape Town, the gorillas in central Africa, yeah. the migrants and, and rhinos in Southern Africa or whatever, you know. So yeah, we have a special continent, and, and its people are very good. You know, even in bad times, they mm. and in hostile times, you know, they, uh, we've got a the people.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've been lucky enough last year to uh, go to Kenya and Uganda. I've got I've got uh, some wonderful clients, Pinnacle Africa, in Uganda. They own Buffalo Safari Lodge in the Queen Elizabeth National Park, and in fact, we I launched. Um, burundi in, into the into the uk market yesterday yeah i saw uh, that uh, yeah with with thing. with the africa hub so um well i didn't launch burundi that's the, i mean I, I i highlighted uh burundi and um yeah. you know there, there's just so many wonderful different places to go and see yeah. and and wildlife too i mean burundi's got wildlife and uh and and cultural, cultural experiences as well. I mean there is there is uh there's so much to do and, and I think that yeah, I mean I think that the the traveler the traveler certainly has learnt a lot and had time to figure out what they want to do. And I've noticed, I'm not sure if you have, a shift in what people want to do. I think the this the the sort of quick bus trip, stop, snap photo and get back on, you know, it's it's there's a lot more immersive tourism that's required now.
1: Yeah. I, and I think, you know, as our t- connectivity gets better, you know, I, I've just been, um, in, in Dubai as well, and just the connectivity from mm. Saudi, you know, um, and, and UAE, it just, it's phenomenal. I mean, mm. I, obviously Heathrow has it because, you know, you've got the connections to the, like, and the whole of America, I mean, the airports in, in America are massive and the queues are long and the, the people are traveling at, you know, um, but it, everything's working you know, and we just got to, Africa's just got to learn that we've got to keep up and make it the continent to, to go to without the hassle factor, you know, and yeah. these are bridge tickets that we're getting over and, and all the hassle of, uh, the tourist having to have a schlep when he travels here, yeah. um, I just negative on our, on our, spend, on our people coming to the continent.
0: Yeah, I was talking to Ross Kennedy a couple of days ago, and uh, I was joking about all the forms. There's just endless forms. <laughs> You've got to fill out, and you watch the guy yeah. take your form and throw it into a box with, with thousands of other forms, and I, you just think, who's reading those forms? Why did I just have to fill it out? You know, it's a, uh, you know, yeah, red, red tape and bureaucracy is a lot of uh, a lot of my guests have uh, on the podcast have mentioned that as a stumbling block to. To um, yeah, you know, just just making it it easier, and I, but at least it's on the radar, and people are looking into how to make things easier um, in terms of what you've just spoken about. Yeah,
1: no, that's good, uh, Graham. But, but um, yeah, thanks so much for for everything, and I really appreciate um, you know anything helps. And and the worst thing we can do for tourism and for runners and and is to sit back by by having Kusa, the park, the your your podcast. Yeah. and um, and me as a even and it was my first language. Uh, yeah, I means early morning, you know, and Kusa yeah. is another word for the dawn actually. Yes. Um and uh, yeah, we, we all say Ebusseni um and, and and the other close I think was when when you see the cow's horns sticking out of the the crawl in the morning means the horns of the animal and that's when it's time
0: to get oh cool cool yeah that's i mean honestly that's why i chose the word kuzer because it's uh I, I, I was searching for one one word that symbolized a new beginning and, and a new dawn and i came across the word kuzer, and i'm so happy that it. i've met so many people who actually verified that i was a bit worried that people were going to joke around with me and it meant some horrifically uh rude thing or something and i've just named my business that but uh, yeah <laughs> a lot of people did say yeah so but that's that's what i wanted to do is like you and know it, have yeah. have the have the word that symbolizes a new beginning and a new dawn
1: yeah and kusela or kusa in, in zulu can mean to aim as well
0: yeah Ah. okay cool yeah, yeah. well to aim at. So,
1: yeah you know that's another another one that you're aiming at the horizon or you're aiming to to do good
0: Oh well that's cool i mean thanks thanks for that that's even better just just one one last question grant what what would you what would you like to see still changed as a you know a lot of people we have spoken about the all the great things that came out of covid all the lessons learned but what do you think are still stumbling blocks apart from the bureaucracy and red tape that we've spoken about i mean what what would be what would one thing be that you would just think sh- you know that that would that would solve a lot of problems.
1: Um, I would say the, the thing that I've been preaching the most in the latest in the, in the last month is, um, that we are so globally connected on this planet. Um, if you live in the Isle of Wight, or you live in Los Angeles, or you live in the tip of a or in Africa or in, in China, we are also connected every single person on this planet has a connection and we can't say that somebody else is going to solve it. So Mm. zoonotic diseases were the cause of us, um, locking down, um, be it from a bat or be it from whatever you thought it was, but it was a zoonotic disease, it's Ebola it's, um, it's from bats or it was from pangolins or whatever. So, you know, I would, I would really take care of uh, and tread gently on the earth. And I think, um, you know, if you plant a tree, or if you, you know, you you live responsibly. That's what I think. And if you rewild and take care, it's the, it's the topic of my new book, actually rewilding Africa. Um, you know, say so preserving, uh, the the ecosystem on a war ravaged continent.
0: Yeah. So basically,
1: you know, that's that's my message. I mean, there's many others that I could give you, but I w- I reckon we're so connected that. You mustn't think that that it's not your problem because it is.
0: Mm. You know? Yeah. Well, that's that's a good point. I mean, thanks thanks for sharing that, Grant, and hopefully that gives a lot of people food for thought. And um, once again, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to to uh, to do this with me. And I do hope to see you in Durban and South Africa soon over the next uh, few weeks as all the fantastic. Uh, trade shows kick off in in southern africa
1: yeah thank you graham appreciate it and and good luck and see you see you at indaba maybe
0: yeah absolutely i'll make a point of it thanks grant thanks again
1: okay man thanks Ciao. Ciao. Cheers, guys. Bye,
0: bye. bye bye thanks for tuning into kusa where we explore the world of tourism with leaders from all corners of the globe Join me, Graham Watson, for future episodes as we dive into the latest trends and insights from the industry. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating, and we'll see you next time on KoozaCast.